the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit of God. Clap those hands and give God praise. Hallelujah. Before you sit down, just walk around, welcome someone to church this evening. Shake their hand, say something nice to them, give them a smile. Hallelujah, you're welcome. You're welcome, my brother. You're welcome. You're welcome, Pastor Mark. Amen. Hallelujah. This is our month of what? Exceeding. Come on. This is our month of exceeding. Amen. And so this month, all our teachings has been around exceeding grace, understanding what exceeding grace is understanding what grace is to mankind amen tonight by the grace of god i will be teaching on understanding the secrets of grace for you to be able to function right in grace you need to understand the secrets of grace please be seated as kings and queens amen now understand is that a lot of people want to flow in grace but many people do not know the way or the path of grace. It is one thing to flow in grace when you understand the pathway of grace. When you're going to a location, when you have the address or you know the road to that location, it is not difficult for you to get to that place. Some of us, the first time we traveled out of Benin, the journey looked really far, but on the fourth, fifth time, it was like, uh, I'm almost there. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Why? Because certain landmarks that you saw along your way, now when you see them, the journey doesn't, you know, I'm getting closer to my destination. So for you to be able to flow in grace, you must know the pathway of grace. Amen. Now, the grace for salvation is free, but grace for other dimensions of result is in levels. And to attain these levels, there are secrets to it, which I'll be sharing with you this evening. Secret number one is the life of prayer. Somebody say the life of prayer. The number one secret of grace is having a prayerful life. Someone open Hebrews 4.16. Another open 1 Corinthians 15.10. So, uh, can you grab a mic to them quickly? Just have the mic around. Anywhere it falls on you, you help me read. Can we have a little weight on this mic, please? Thank you. Hebrews 4.16 says, let us, let's read it together. I want to go. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The question is, how do you come boldly? You only come boldly before the Father in what? Come on, say it out loud. And so in the place of praying to the Father, in the place of supplication, you obtain mercy and you find grace to help in time of what? Of need. 1 Corinthians 15.10, if you're there, go ahead and read. 1 Corinthians 15.10, we're preaching together today. Nobody wants to read it, so I'll read it. Uh-huh. I am what I am. Uh-huh. Upon me uh -huh. was not in vain, mm -hmm. but I labored more abundantly than they all. Wait, he said, But by the grace of God, I am what? I am what? And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not what? But I worked more abundantly. I could have as well sat there and be chilled and say, you know what? The grace of God is made available to me, but I labored abundantly. This statement, labored more abundantly, is what gave meaning to the fact that the grace that was bestowed upon me was not in vain. I put in the work for it. 
The grace I know is free. But I put in the work for it to make sure I maintain. So the, the purpose of training and retraining when you're on a job is that you don't get relaxed thinking you have arrived. So you have to unlearn and relearn. That's how it is with grace. In the place of prayer, you build yourself daily. I don't know if anyone here, you've ever read a scripture multiple times and just one more time you read it with a different interpretation. That means that, yes, you could have been reading the scripture all the time, but there is a different interpretation at every time you read it. It's called a deeper revelation. And so with grace, we walk daily. We walk daily. Continue. Yet not I. He said what? Yet not I. Uh huh. But the grace of God which was with me. So this is the thing. When you make conscious effort to walk daily, to protect and preserve the grace of God on your life, God makes grace available to get that grace. Was that too much grace? So remember, the Bible says that we pray prayers and when we don't know what to pray, the, the Holy Spirit begins to what? Intercede on our behalf. That is grace released for you to receive grace. I don't know if I'm making sense. The way you're looking at me like, ah. Uh. So he says, Paul's, Paul writing, I work daily. I work more abundantly. But I know that this thing I'm doing, this action I'm carrying out to make sure the grace is preserved is not by my strength. but the grace of God. So for those of you who are prayer warriors and you begin to brag that you are a prayer warrior on the Sundays, you are not a prayer warrior because you can pray. It's the grace of God that applies to your strength. Somebody hearing what I'm saying? Ephesians chapter 3 verse 8. Ephesians 3 8. Unto me, uh -huh. who am less than the least of all the saints, uh -huh. is this grace given mm -hmm. that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Jesus? What was Paul saying? I don't deserve this opportunity, but grace has given it unto me to be able to reach the Gentiles. And to speak to them the unsearchable riches of Christ. Let me tell you something. As a believer, never have the mindset that it is my right. Because even the life that you live was given to you. The air that you breathe was given to you. The sound mind that you have was given to you. Somebody understand what I'm saying? You don't have to say it though. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Pray without season. Keep praying. Keep pushing. Keep working at it. The throne of God is the headquarters of grace. Somebody say HQ. Not HK. The throne of God is the headquarters of grace. Gracefulness is a product of prayerfulness. And gracelessness is the outcome of prayerlessness. A man who is prayerful receives grace. And a man who is prayerless is without grace. And so without any contradiction or any equivocation, Paul was a man of prayer. Therefore, he had access to grace. So note this. Every carrier of grace is a person of prayer. 
If you can pray, you can access grace. Let us come boldly that we may obtain. It's in the place of prayer that you obtain. That's which you seek for. In the place of prayer, you are. And so if you can't pray, you don't have access to obtain. Somebody shout hallelujah. So note this. Any spirituality that deprives you of prayer has deprived you of grace. If you are so holy that you don't have time to pray, that holiness has disgraced you. Somebody hearing what I'm saying? Secret number two is the state of helplessness. Somebody say helplessness. Real quick, what is helplessness? Being without help. I can't help myself. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. Again, let us come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain if we could help ourselves, there is no need to come before the throne of grace to obtain anything. So look at your neighbor. Tell them, neighbor, you don't have it all. Come on, tell me, have you seen anybody who, has, who is complete? Huh? Have you ever met any person who is complete? He said only Jesus. <laughs> the state of helplessness is a state of vulnerability where you are vulnerable. God, I am vulnerable. Lord, I need help. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 8 and 9. 2 Corinthians 12, 8, 9. Somebody there? Okay, I'll read. It says, For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, What? My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may what rest upon me. Paul, I have gone to God three times. Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Let this challenge go. Let this pain go. Three times, God will say, my grace is sufficient for you. How many of you know Paul was anointed? No doubt. He was strangely anointed. But after his encounter with God, he was left with something. Like, uh, I think it was Jacob. He came to God walking straight. He left God limping. <laughs> so that means that you can't come to God the way you came and live the same way. Something must change. Is somebody understanding me? When Peter had an encounter, he wasn't the shy guy anymore. He wasn't the coward anymore. So you can't encounter God and remain the same. So, Paul is on his way to Damascus to persecute Christians. That's the thing he knows how to do. You want to kill Christians, call Paul whose name was Saul at that time. I mean, he's, he's ready. He'll mobilize his guys. Say, we're going to shed blood. I, I can't even imagine it. To perform such a dastardly act, he's just excited. Was he foolish? No. Was he smart? Yes. He was a lawyer. And so he met with God. And what he saw, his eyes could not behold. His mortal body could not even bear it. He was left with discharge from his eyes. How many of you would like to just always have discharge coming from your eyes? 
with the anointing. And so sometimes you are wondering, Lord, how is it that I'm so anointed? Yes, I have this problem. That was his place of vulnerability. Because the whole time he was the guy that didn't need anybody's help, he was a nasty person. So God brought him to a place where you need my help. So many a times, that thing that looks like an issue or a challenge it's not a, a place of mockery. It's a place where you should say, Lord, this is the place I need help. And so even after he received his sight, the discharge did not stop. Imagine this, you're preaching and oh, you just, you're wiping pus from your eyes. Is your eye pain, you know, it's okay, I'm okay, I'm fine. <laughs> but <laughs> it didn't make any sense. And so he, he, he looked at, he saw it as an affliction. And will cry out to God. But instead of God saying, this affliction shall not rise the second time, God says, my grace is sufficient for you. He says, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So even though people may see it as a vulnerable spot, out of that vulnerability, I'm going to bring strength from it. And so Paul will say, most gladly, therefore, I will rather glory in my infirmities that I may be able to receive more of the power of God. So if it is this problem I will use to receive more of God's grace, the problem should remain. Let me receive more grace. Are you understanding what I'm saying? That challenge is an access route. What was Joseph's challenge? That every time he breaks through, he breaks down. He was able to break through from the pit. He was able to break through the Potiphar's house. The next thing, he, he saw himself back in prison. But even in the midst of that prison situation, he will still be the saved guy. The guy who wouldn't complain. He will still trust God. And even in that situation, God brought him forth. Somebody understanding me? So many a times, we need to come to the place where we know that we need help. Are you understanding me? Because the helplessness of man brings him to a position for gracefulness from God. So the woman with the issue of blood, that was her place of weakness. If only I could touch the hem of his garment. Bartimaeus, his blindness was the place of his helplessness that brought him grace for healing. The man at the pool of Bethesda that had been there 40 years, that was his place of weakness. What was the weakness? There was nobody to help him. And so grace left everybody to find him. Somebody understand what I'm saying? Oh, the little guy. Okuzak. What was his weakness? It's not that he wasn't smart. He was just short. And he said, you know what? Even in this weakness, I will look for grace. And the minute he climbed up to that tree, grace located him. That weakness, that vulnerability is an access to gracefulness. Somebody say amen. amen. And so the helplessness of man provokes and attracts the almighty nature, the almightiness of God. It is the insufficiency of man that compels the all-sufficiency of God. Jesus was in the wilderness with 5,000 people. How do we feed these people? Look for what is available. That was the weakness. Eventually they found something, but it was not good enough. It was not 
favorable to feed them. But the Bible said he lifted it up and did what? Gave thanks. In the place of weakness, he gave thanks. And God began to manifest. Even him going to the cross, beaten, broken, battered, on the cross, he would see, say, Father, forgive them. God began to manifest. Do you know when Jesus died, people resurrected? Just to show that it was not an ordinary person that died. It is the weakness of man that compels the power of God, God's grace, to be perfected. Somebody hearing what I'm saying? And so, he says, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, says, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. Crazy statement. How do you take pleasure in sickness? How do you take pleasure in reproaches? How do you take pleasure in necessities? How do you take pleasure in persecutions, in distress, for Christ's sake? So what is the reason why he's taking pleasure in all these things? It is for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Why? Because all these things, I'm not doing it to prove a point. I'm doing it for the sake of Christ. And so if you are persecuted for the sake of Christ, rejoice. When you go through things for the sake of Christ, people turn their back on you because you say you are a believer. Do what? Somebody talk to me. Do what? Rejoice. And rejoice even more. Somebody hear what I just said? Rejoice what? Even more. Secret number three. The character of humility. Somebody say humility. James chapter 4 verse 6. James chapter 4 verse 6. Then someone else opened 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 5. So James chapter 4 verse 6. Are you there? Go ahead, read. But he giveth more grace, uh -huh. wherefore he saith, mm -hmm. God resisted the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. He saith, God does what? Resist the proud. Do you know what it means to resist? You are so irritating to God. You know the first time you took that your younger sibling when they messed up on themselves. The same loving, beautiful, old baby. Did the baby change? What changed about that child? It was messed up. It was dirty. Nobody wants to be associated with dirt. So this is what pride does to you. It makes you uncuddleable by God. This is what happens. Remember on the cross, at some point, Jesus will say, Father, why have thou forsaken me? It was clear to him that there was something he carried at that point that the Father could not behold. So the Father stayed away. What does pride do to you? It puts you away from God. I don't want to have anything to do with you. I don't want to have any connection with you. Somebody hear what I'm saying? How many of you have heard of this name, Anini? Huh? How many of you wake up one day and say, you know, I'm going to name my child? Do we even know the meaning of Anini? Do we even know the meaning after one person created <laughs> chaos? But nobody wants to bear that name. 
how much more they call the devil. Are you understanding me? So someone walks in the room, so what's your name? Lucifer. What? It means morning star. It's, it's a beautiful name. But nobody cares to know because a personality was created different from the name. What does pride do? It creates a different personality from whom God has made you to be. It says he resisted the proud, but what? Give it grace. He didn't say come and collect the grace. He resists the proud and what should have been meant for that person because of pride, he takes and gives the humble. Tell your neighbor, be humble, please. Tell your neighbor, don't be afraid of them. Tell them, say, be humble. First Peter 5. Verse 5. Likewise, uh-huh. ye, young, ye younger, mm-hmm. submit yourself unto the elder. Hold up. Younger, whether you have a PhD, you have an MSc, you have three PhDs, you have four PhDs, do what? Submit yourself. Say it. Submit yourself unto the elder. Because some of you, is entering your head. Because now you can pray in tongues. See, Kalabokosh. You, 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 you speak diverse tongues. You understand the mysteries behind tongues. So, so now, now, your group leader don't speak diverse tongues or tongues that cannot be uttered, so he can't talk to you. Huh? Hey, Jesus Christ. Tell your neighbor, be humble. <laughs> Keep going, sir. Yeah, all of you be subject one to another. Be subject one to another. And be clothed with humility. Wait now. And be what? Be clothed with humility. I know you are smart, but be humble. Wear the humility. Again, for God does what? Resisteth the proud. And what? And giveth grace to the. Let me tell you what the statement for God, it is a warning. I know your degrees cannot even be listed on the thermometer. Be humble. I know you are rich. God has blessed you. Be humble. Don't come to a point where you can't even you can't even greet your parents and say, "How are you?" What? You've lost your respect for people. Some of you are saying, but the Bible says be, be, be submissive to the elders. But he went on to say, yeah, all of you be subject to one another. Be humble. Out of pride, when you offend somebody, if, drop that pride and say, I'm sorry. Whether the person be younger or be older. So that you can obtain Grace. Majority of the people that are proud. What does the Bible say about it? It says pride goeth what? Before you fall. So it, the fall, once you become proud, the fall is a certainty. So this is what you do. The day you pick up pride, you sign your name to fall. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God giveth grace to who? The humble. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 34. Someone else open Numbers 12 3. Proverbs 3 34. It says surely he does what? He does what? Let me explain it. Surely God laughs at those who are laughing at you. Those who make mockery of people, God is making mockery of them. I would prefer man mock me than God mock me. If God mocks you, useless of this useless. He scorned the scorners, but give it grace to who? The lowly, the ones who are humble. 
the ones who they have rejected he picks them up brushes them put them in order and they become the shining light so don't make the mistake the person you see today that doesn't seem to be very smart don't make the mistake instead of you saying you know what how can i help yet you you laugh at them <laughs> if you are a failure Pastor Mark, do you know that <laughs> this guy, he can't make it in life. Did you create his life for him? You mock him. When he goes into his place of abode or his own secret place and begins to cry, it's only God that comes to wipe those tears. And what God does, he begins to transform things in him. Little wonder, the Bible says that the stone that the builders rejected have become what? The chief corner. May you not be rejected by God. Say a bigger amen. amen. The Bible talks about the man Moses in Numbers chapter 12 verse 3. He said, now, the man Moses was very wrong. That was man of God. Moses was a meeker man than him. Of all the, you can't even qualify Pharaoh because that one pride had finished him. Of all men which were on the earth, can that be said of you? Roya. Say, Roya is very meek. Of all the ladies on the face of the earth, do you know how many ladies are on the earth? God says, No, Roya, very meek. Which other reference are you looking for? Of all the men on the earth, God says, no, Caleb, very meek. Very meek. Very, very meek. Who else wants to recommend when God has recommended? I was privileged to be on a panel some time ago. We are doing an interview. And the person we were interviewing came in and he was talking to us. And we asked questions, how do you, how do you tend to achieve this? And he said, you know what? Um, this is what I think you people should do. And he started dictating for us. You've not gotten the job. You are dictating what we should do. So after I left, we looked at ourselves and said, this one is going to give us problem. For him, he thought he was speaking intellectually. But he was speaking arrogantly. Did that just hit someone? So don't make the mistake of thinking, oh, I'm only pouring out my wealth of knowledge. You know, this thing, I have it. I have it. You can't take it from me. Instead, you are displaying arrogance and pride. Tell your neighbor, be careful. Let's keep going. Let's rush it. Humility is a facilitator of grace. So note this. The humblest of men are the most engraced of men. Nothing destroys a man like pride. Nothing kills grace like arrogance. Nothing kills grace like pride. So anytime people begin to praise you, ah, Amos, you are the best. You know, they hype you. Just know that they have removed the base from under your leg. You are set to fall. Many churches today have crumbled because just one or two miracles. I said, Pastor Mark, what are you doing in that church? What are you doing in that ministry? Don't you see that you perform more miracles than the pastor of the church? You remember the day we went for evangelism? You remember? You remember the day we went for evangelism? You laid hands on the madman and immediately... He received his mental state. He became sane. That woman that was sick, the minute you prayed for her, you released the word. The word went forth and she became healed. My brother, there is a different call upon your life. This ministry cannot hold you down. Ah. Ah. They have removed the base from under your leg. So he said, you know what? Man of God, I, I, uh, God has been speaking to me. Uh -huh. 
I think it's time for me to move on to greater works. Who am I to say don't go when the Lord has spoken? You will go. I'll release you. But understand this, that not all leaders, not everybody is called to lead. Some people, they shine brightest when they follow. The minute they leave that covering, their brightness goes dim. So now you are praying for the madman. The madman is still, I go slap you. Say, <laughs> so you know, I'm a man of God. We talk to God like he's standing right beside of us. Uh, you know, God and I, we are one. Understand this. There is a calling on my life. Don't mess with the anointing. Ah, the base from under your leg. As we remember. The sons of Sceva, they went to meet the man who was possessed. We command you, in the name of Jesus, whom the apostle preached, come out. You look there. Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Peter, I know. Who are you? Who are you? Before they could answer, the Bible said he pounced on them and tore their garments off. So, so this is what he did. This is what he did. He naked them. He said, if you want to come and fight a, a possessed man, I will make you madmen. So when everybody saw them walking like this, what did do them? They're not a Chris. Are they okay? Stop being, stop assuming. That was the problem of Saul. You know his problem? The first time he, he prophesied, he came into the company of prophets. Hands were not laid on him. He just came in contact with a prophetic atmosphere. He began to prophesy and people began to wonder, is Saul also a prophet? So he thought, if Samuel did not show up, I prophesy. What are you talking about? We are in this thing. We possess kingship and priesthood. Hey! And so he went ahead to perform the assignments of the high priest. And God said, never. Let me tell you something. God not felt like Saul. He not felt like him. Because they forced Saul on him. I don't know if you're understanding me. They forced Saul on him. So God was just like this. And they wait for this guy. I go deal with him. So the first time he said, kill all the Amorites. He went there. He spared the king. He took the fat cattle. Said this one is good for sacrifice. Who told you? Now you didn't make it in the first place. I said, kill it. It's not befitting for me. He said, come on. You don't know what you're saying. Look at that ship. You see how big it is. How can you take what has been cursed by God to give back to God as an offering? He lived down. God was like, ah, so I'm coming for you. You don't know nothing. Then he performed. Now, look at this. Immediately he was done performing that sacrifice. Someone showed up. Someone showed up. I said, what's going on here? He said, well, we, the people, the place of I'm sorry. You see what pride can do to a man? He could not think again. You know, the, the people were growing impatient. So I, I had to, in my capacity as king, God said, through Samuel. So obedience is better than sacrifice. The kingdom, the glory, the grace has departed. What did he reduce all to? The one who was chasing witches out of the country. Witches were afraid of him. Now he will hide his head to go and consult them. 
Habemi kuna help me. But David, the one who was a killer, a wife snatcher, quick to recognize and say, I am sorry. You know, it wasn't, they didn't force David on God, though. God went to look for him. So that was why God would always have mercy on him. For um, He's a rough boy. He's a, he doesn't look king, he doesn't, but, but I love him. The one who is humble. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Secret number four, sincere love for God. You cannot love God in half and half. There is no black and white. No shades of gray. It's either you are black or you are Ephesians chapter 6 verse 24 says, Grace be with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Love him sincerely. Love him genuinely. You know, there are some people that are in relationships that are not genuine. Conditional relationships. Man says, if you get Belen for me, I'll go marry you. So if Belen enter, no marriage. Well, you're dead there. Eh? And many a times, so when the lady decides so foolishly, say, okay, fine, I will take it for you. She take it in the guy and say, who send you? Beja. On to the next one. Haven't you seen it happen? So why are you looking at me like I'm, I'm preaching lies? It moves on. Conditional relationships. You are in need for what you can get. Say, no, if I go into this relationship, I will have an iPhone, I will have iPad, AirPod, iWatch, iBlind, I can see. So the future is, 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 you have a bright future, you are far to see the future because of what you are looking for. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 and 2 says, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. But we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. Not walking in voyeurism, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, Commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. So we are not preaching what we favor us. We are preaching what is right in the sight of God. Not because we want to equip building. We start preaching, uh, you know, this. If it's not good, it's not good. If you will not give, don't give. Get away with your money. Are you understanding what I'm saying? James chapter 3 verse 2. For in many things we offend all. <laughs> if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. How many of you here you can say you don't offend anybody in words? Eh? Out of the abundance of the word, the hear this, hear this. You say to yourself, I didn't say it, but your heart conceived it. You saying it is just the later action. It has been decided inside. Your mind has processed it. Are you understanding me? So he's saying, if you say you are perfect. You have not offended anybody in words. You are a perfect man. You should be able to put your whole self under control. Being sincere with God, being real, is an authentic key to receiving grace. And so, turn away from everything that is fake. That's why I laugh at people that want to feel among. You cannot afford gold. You say, let me bear gold plated or the one they wash in uh, in gold 
Then when they are doing the test, your, your diamond, everybody's own is showing red light. Your own is it's not even moving. The meter is not moving at all. Because you want to feel among. Somebody say, may God help us. Shun everything that is fake. Fake doctrine. Doctrines that are insincere. Sermons that are dishonest. Attitudes that are dishonest. If you take something, agree, accept, I took it, I'm sorry. He said, it's not, it's not, I did plan to, it's the devil's work. Leave the devil alone. Don't even blame the devil unnecessarily for what he did not do. He said, he said God said, you see, accuser of the brethren, now they're accusing me. Understand this. Because now, everywhere, different doctrines are popping up. Like, uh, like, uh, like popcorn. They are popping up. Different doctrines. Shown in sincerity. It's not possible to make God bigger or mightier than he is. He's the almighty. So leave him as he is. Don't try to create. Amen. Secret number five. Having the character of generosity. Somebody say generosity. If you must have grace, you must be willing to be generous. You must be willing to give. I was speaking on Sunday about the church in Master Means. They gave what they knew they needed. I need this pair of shoes, but you don't have. Take. That is radicalized giving. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 to 9. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall also do what? Huh? There is no way to this thing. He that sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he that soweth bountifully will do what? Reap bountifully. Every man according as he proposeth in his heart, so let him give. Understand this. Your giving is not what you put in the bowl. It's what you propose in your heart. Jesus was asked a question. He said, this woman and this, this big man who has given, the man came. Do you know what it means to give offering in Ghana must go? Big bags. The man did one transfer. The pastor's phone fell. Yeah. If someone here shook the foundation of this house, But this woman came. Her full offering. If you shake the offering bowl, you just get <laughs> and they say, Master, who has given the best? What? Do you know that her offering cannot even buy fuel for the church? Do you see how she squeezed the offering, huh? That even if you put your eye inside, you won't see it. But Jesus said, she has given the best. Meanwhile, Oga came. Uh, bring, <laughs> bring it. Put it there. Is that all? Bring the other ones in the car. Put it there. Ah, hey. You know when some people come to church, they say, praise the Lord. Today, I'm donating 30 million to the church. Everybody will shout, woo, woo, woo. Many a times, they don't pay that, that down. Many a times, they don't pay it. You will wait, 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 wait. Till that, kingdom, if that kingdom will almost come. Before they say, hey, I remember that I made a vow. Yes, I, I'm walking towards it. Because... A lot of people want to give out of pride. So let them see. They, let them know <laughs> that I'm a giver. For God loves what? A cheerful giver. They will quote scripture for you. It's a lie. They will not give. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? He says, let every man give as he proposes where? In his heart. So your giving is a heart affair, not a hand affair. 
That's why I laugh at believers. Do you tithe? No, sir, I don't tithe. Ah. You have locked everywhere for you. You say, how can I be tithing 100 naira? Did God, he said, bring all the tithe into my house. Did he put amount? He said, bring the 100,000 tithe. No. So why is it so difficult to give generously? Because of greed, because of selfishness, self-centeredness. He says, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity. Make you not be like saying, hey, Amos, Daniel, me nice. He said, I'm not girlfriend. Make a job. Mm. At all, at all. Mm. Because mama will call me later and say, what happened? He said, you didn't give. You're not giving. But pastor will say, your tight record. What's going on? Say, let him give cheerfully. Even if it is 10 naira, be happy about giving that 10 naira with joy. For God loves what? A cheerful giver. Because when he gives to you, you receive cheerfully. Cheerful giving begats cheerful receiving. Understand this. You can give in tears. The Bible says that those who give in tears shall do what? Reap in, in joy. He pay you, but my heart is right about it. And so when God is giving you back, he doesn't give you what you gave. He does exceedingly, abundantly, above all. That, that means when where your all stops, that's where he starts giving up. I don't know if somebody's understanding this. Ah, generosity is a key to grace. Givers never lack grace. Givers never lack grace. Giving is a major secret of grace. If you don't withhold from God, God has no right to withhold from you. Somebody hearing what I'm saying? Stand on your feet. When you don't withhold from God, his hands are open to give unto you. Lift your hands to heaven this evening. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Open your mouth. Say, Lord, thank you for your word.